in the morning. When you want the news, you need the front page every hour on the press box. Nothing's writing on this except the uh, First Amendment, the Constitution, freedom of the press, and maybe the future of the country. Not that any of that matters. And now, the news. Well, we start with the only type of news we get on Aaron Rodgers and Sean Watson, and that is former teammates talking about them on the radio. Uh, Kareem Jackson is a former teammate of Deshaun Watson, played for the Texans, and he said that Deshaun Watson wants to be in Denver. More important question outside of Denver, is Deshaun Watson going to play anywhere this season? That I don't know. Well, I thought it was interesting that the Texans canceled their oh, mandatory. Yes. So it's like, okay, because you can't find him for not showing up to, to voluntary, right? So he hasn't been fined anything yet. I cannot believe that the central reason you're you're, you're canceling a mandatory is so you don't get the publicity of him not showing up and having to find him. I would think there's a lot more t- players on your team that probably need the work. So that was really interesting. That I I haven't heard of that before. No. Canceling mandatory. Imagine right? John Gruden it's, canceling mandatory. I mean, it's three days. Yeah. That, that doesn't make any sense. So um, I don't know if he's going to play it. Is isn't it interesting that all the good quarterbacks are linked to Denver? Yeah, okay. Like, what is we get the to deal Denver? with Denver? Because Why like, is Denver so I mean, attractive? maybe they're looking at their quarterback question like, better than all those guys. I mean, yeah. I, I just, it's so weird to me that Denver is the team that it's like, yep, if you're a great quarterback and you're on the move, we're sending you to Denver. Somebody's trading you to Denver somewhere. Somebody wants to send you to Denver. Like, I don't get it. I, I mean, they're... They're a fine team, but in either situation, it's not like if you put Aaron Rodgers or put Deshaun Watson there, they're all of a sudden like Super Bowl favorites. They're not even divisional favorites. So I don't I don't get the Denver thing. It's a little bizarre that that's the team that they're associated yeah, cool. with the most. I mean, you typically you can play longer because you're at an altitude, so you can, you know, oh, they've got they've had a couple guys play till they're 38, 39. <sighs> How come Tebow didn't last till he was 38, 39? Uh, that... That was him throwing with the elevation. (laughs) Next question. Mark Few says Congress needs to act on name, image, and likeness for college sports. Uh, The Gonzaga coach said yesterday, we can't run competitive fair championships if every state has a different rule. Only action here by Congress can maintain some sort of semblance of a level playing field a consistent national law is critical. So what Mark Few is referring to is that I believe the number is 17. Nevada is one of them, but 17 states have passed a state law regarding college athletes and their ability to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. So in Nevada, I can't remember when it actually goes into place, but in Nevada, a UNLV athlete, a Nevada athlete can go make money right. if they're in a commercial or something right. like that. It's not the schools paying them, but, you know, some company can pay them to put them in a commercial. Only 17 states have it. So what Mark Few is arguing is that, hey, we can't be in a situation where 17 states right. can do it and the rest of the country can't. And for all clarity here, his state, Washington, has not passed right. anything. So that's a big reason probably why he's up here arguing it. So... I guess it makes sense that, yeah, it'd be better if there was a national law about this, but why can't the NCAA do it? See, that's where I'm torn on this in terms of the federal government becoming involved in something like this. And I go back and forth on whether I even agree they should be involved. I think the bigger issue here is, and I know this was actually somewhat funny, I don't know which uh, representative asked Mark Emmerich. 
in terms of like, do you believe you're doing a good job? Why are we here? And he said, that's not for me to say. It's for the people I work for. It's like, well, don't ask them because I don't think they like you either. I'm not sure I I buy in the fact that the federal government should be involved in this. Uh, it would be, it would. you're right. It would be great to have a uniformed rule and just the NCAA come down and say, look, this is the way it is, this way or that way. Now, the problem with that is going to be if you – uh, if you make the uniform rule that no one can do it, then you're going to have all kinds of lawsuits and litigation brought against them. So I say that, and yet I know what the next step would be if the NSA came out and said, none of you can do this. Well, okay. So what's fascinating about that is, is the Nevada law that was passed. It actually has a line in there about no group like the NCAA can prevent the athletes prevent from this. being paid. So then you're talking all kinds of lawsuits. I don't know if like Nevada state law supersedes the NCAA That's rules. That's the problem. I don't know that either. Up. I have no idea. But like, I don't get why the NCAA, like, it's going to happen. They need to give up the fight. The NCAA just needs to come out and say, okay, okay this is it. This is the rule. come up with rules and yeah. guidelines. Here's what yeah. they can do. Take each state's rule and come up with your own, like you said, guideline, the best of whatever it is. And, and it's going to happen. It's long, you know, and a lot of people think it's long overdue that they profit off their name, image, and image likeness. Um, but I would think also at the federal government level, there must be some, like you asking Emmer yesterday, like, what are we here for? Like, right. why, why haven't you taken right. care of this? What, what do we have to do? If, if the NCAA, let's just say five years ago, if the NCAA five years ago had said, okay, here's what we're putting in place for name, image, and likeness starting in a few years, right. you'll be able to profit off of it. None of the states would have no, to do this. No. We wouldn't be in the situation where some states have and some states haven't, and Mark Few's up there complaining because he can't get his and guys I'm, in commercials. I'm sorry, this goes to Emmer's just, you know, incompetence. Yeah. It's they they are going to fight till the bitter end of right. they're amateurs and they can't possibly ever make money or the sport is ruined. Like they're right. gonna fight that forever and we're in a point where it's stupid and Mark Few's having to go testify and say, Oh, where's the federal government to help us? Like what? Wow, sorry. Um, Why hasn't Timmy gotten a commercial? Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> Can we play that just one more time? <laughs> wow, sorry. Um I got you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, this is probably the dumbest thing that's happening in June. But we are getting daily updates on Jordan Love and how he's performing yes. in practice. Yes. He's looking good. Yes. Two days ago, Jordan Love struggled with accuracy and like uh, completed like less than 50% of his passes, according to Rob Domofsky, who yes. covers the Packers for ESPN. But yesterday, Rob Domofsky tweeted this. What a stretch for Jordan Love. Wheel route to A.J. Dillon, right sideline for 30 yards. Free play deep to Alan Lazard for 45. Deep corner route to Jawan Winfrey for 30. Deep sideline to Aaron Jones for 30. Like, this is so stupid, but it's so great. Yeah. Because the whole Aaron Rodgers narrative means, uh-oh, Jordan Love might have to play for the Packers. So now we're hanging on every practice throw as this, to whether Jordan Love is good. This is this is when I was in San Diego. We'd literally, I think I told you this before. It was Drew Brees. I think it was Drew Brees. And it might have been Rivers. But the great thing was afternoon radio drive time would be like, got numbers from the uh, seven on seven. <laughs> Breeze was 10 of 11 for 98 yards. I'm like, aren't they in shorts? Like, like they would literally do Charger updates with, like, stats from, like, shorts and T-shirts. I'm like, they're only in helmets. And, like, Drew Breeze was, like, 11 or something. I'm thinking, well, damn, he better be. Like, he's in a shorts and T-shirt. No one's rushing him. I'm like, why did, he, why, did he why did he miss on the one pass? Why was this guy 12 of 12? So you, I, I'm with you on this Jordan Love thing. I'm like, 
Do people realize, like, in, in voluntary minicasts, now they are in pads and everything, I think they are for the most part, but it's like, this is not serious, you know, really focused stuff. Now, maybe it is for Jordan Love, because he might be the starting right. quarterback this year, but still, I saw this, I'm like, God, if he's not good now... What's this guy going to be doing in the regular season when people are actually going after him? And if you would like to hear updates on Derek Carr in 7 yes, on 7, Derek make sure Carr. to tune in He's... to 920 uh, Radio. Radio. Yes, whatever he said. Wait, wait, wait. But they can't even watch practice. Uh, they can for uh, an hour on Wednesday. Next Wednesday? No, these these. Well, I don't know, but now, well, yeah. Next week at mandatory, there will be media availability. There has to be but, like. But the last three Wednesdays, they haven't actually practiced, right? It's like the, what the media's been able to view, they haven't been able to view them actually running. No, it's just been plays. drills. Yeah. No, it's just been drills. I like think. there hasn't been like yes. a oh, I mean, they're running plays and Derek Carr is chucking it to Henry Ruggs. The insiders on Raider Nation Radio would be <laughs> I, allowed special access to the team. You know it's. You know it's voluntary. This puts voluntary in an absolute perspective. When the one of the biggest stories I saw come out of that was who's skipping higher, Max oh, Crosby or Derek Carr? That's important. Like, that was like one of the main. That and oh my God, Mike Mayock's wearing a Vegas Golden Knights hat. <laughs> I'm thinking there's not a lot going on out there. If these are two of the leading storylines, some guy's hat and like who's skipping the highest? But that kind of puts voluntary in perspective of how serious it is. Next question. The United States beat Costa Rica yesterday four to nothing. It was just a friendly, but in the same seven day span, the United States beat Honduras, Mexico, and Costa Rica. That's the two best other teams in CONCACAF in Mexico and Costa Rica, and then Honduras is fine. But more importantly, after the loss last night, Costa Rica fired their manager. They couldn't handle getting destroyed by the United States, I so mean, they got rid of their man. Losing to the United States men's team is a fireable offense. Yeah. Beat down so badly. Get them out of here. What a week. You don't seem as excited as I am. No, We're I was winning thinking, the World Cup, I was thinking about you the other day. We're getting out of the no, knockouts, damn it. I was thinking about you yesterday when um, uh, the Raiders sent out the credential information for the contest. Oh, I already bought tickets. I'm not going as a media member. I'm going as a. No, just think about it. They sent yeah. it out yesterday. I was actually going to ask you guys off air. Do you want to get? Do you guys want to go as uh, as media members? It's August, middle of August. Yeah. Uh, beginning of August, like beginning August first or something like that. I knew you were going, and the nut job Cassie with this this dog and these these hits she's getting. But she oh. tweeted, "Just got tickets," and you know that's the oh. boyfriend boyfriend de- uh, determining that because he's a soccer guy. Um, but yeah, I I might cover. All I don't know. I I've been told is for Tyler being all six foot, what, seven of you? I don't know how tall you are. Very tall to have the seat right in front of Cassie. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, that would be, be good. That would be really good. And you'd you'd have and you'd have an empty seat. You'd invite the boyfriend over. Yes. And you'd both stand up just so she couldn't see anything. Yes. And you spend the entire time with, yeah, your, with your, your arms over your head. That would be great. And then the boyfriend proposes to me. Yeah. We have a proposal on the Allegiant Stadium scoreboard. <laughs> Next question. Oh. The Indiana Pacers fired Nate Bjorkren yesterday. He was only the coach there for one season. Uh, there have been reports during the end of the regular season and then Adrian Wojnarowski yesterday that he lost the locker room. Oh, good God. Um, which only happens to teams that don't win. Exactly. But what's more important or more interesting, I should say, is that the two names that I have seen reported as far as like leaders for the Pacers job, Terry Stotts, who mutually parted ways with the Blazers and the Indy, uh, Indianapolis Star reported today that if 
if Mike Budenholzer gets fired by the Bucks, Mike Budenholzer would be at the top of the list for the Pacers. So the Pacers, they hired Nate Bjorkman. I think he was off the bench in Toronto. He was an assistant Young there. guy. Their new plan is, okay, we're going to hire the best fired coach from this season. This is, and again, this guy won at a pretty high level, but I always think these are like the Bill Fitch hires of the past were, or no, a better example is Kerry Kittles, the college coach. That guy was on every list for like 20 years, and I'm like, that guy's never won any. It's like the recyclable, and you're almost like, can, aren't you good enough? And I know why Indiana went moved on from him. They thought, you know, okay, Young, we need a more veteran coach. But, man, it's almost like, aren't you not smart enough, but, you know, advanced enough to where you can find a young guy yep. analytically who knows, you know, the game? But, no, it's like, let's go to the guy who's coached forever somewhere because he's a veteran. I just always laugh at that. They just kind of recycle these names. Yeah, it's it's. it's How long like, was Terry Sutton important? Like 11 years? Yeah, a very long time. He's the only coach Damian Lillard's ever had. Like, uh, it's crazy how long he's been there. and not. It's nothing against those guys. I just think it's funny. It's like, be smart. Do your homework. Find a younger guy who's very much into the analytical world of what basketball is today and make the right hire. Instead of, it's almost like, you know, I thought Toronto with Nick Nurse. Like, they went out and got a guy and he won a title. Like, I'd rather have that kind of hire than let's just go get Terry Stotts. And if you're the Pacers, if you're going to hire Terry Stotts, like what he did in Portland, they made the playoffs a lot, but... They never got anywhere no. in the playoffs. Do you think he's going to do any different in Indiana? No. And by the and, way, he's not going to have Dame Lillard, yeah. Dame, uh, Dame Lillard in Indiana. And for Budenholzer, he can't yeah. win with Giannis. He's got like a two-time MVP, two MVP. He can't win with Giannis. You yeah. think he's going to come win with Sabonis? Like, like I, I, listen, the Pacers are like the one team that doesn't tank in the NBA. Like, their goal is to just make the playoffs every year, never actually win it. So, Terry Stotts and Mike Budenholzer make the playoffs every year, so maybe that's what they're doing. But like, but, if you want to win a title, they, these two teams, these two guys haven't done it with other teams with better players. See that you just gave the exact reason why, and I know they fired him because of, of you know they think he's young or whatever. But if you get the right young guy, then that's the way you should go as the Pacers trying to rebuild. You, you now again, you have to make the right call and you have to make the right decision. But that's who I would go with more, like you said, than kind of. For a lack of a better term, a retread. Yeah, I mean, it is. I mean, if, it's if just, you hire a guy who just got fired after being in a job for multiple years. With better could, players yeah, than you have. It's a retread. Not not a great idea. All right, coming up next. Uh-oh. Yannick Ngakwe and Josh Jacobs. Are they at any of the practices for the Raiders? Uh, no, I've just been outside. I don't really know too much of the inside. I haven't played inside in a while. So, But like I said, if they ask me to do it, I, I can do it. I know the defense, so. It's the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. That was new Raiders cornerback Casey Hayward. When asked about playing slot corner, basically said, no, haven't done that yet. I can if they want me to, but I haven't. Uh, So if we're trying to piece together what the defensive backfield looks like, uh, they have Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen, the two young cornerbacks on this team, but they did sign Casey Hayward. Granted, he was a later free agent signing. He didn't cost him a whole lot of money. But when Casey Hayward says that, do you get the picture that he is going to be one of the starting outside cornerbacks and Damon Arnett doesn't have a starting job anymore? Or he's moving inside. Or that. Um, I'd beat it more towards he doesn't have a starting job. Yeah. Which, again, we've talked about Henry Ruggs and others. You're going to go second year. You can't even start. You're going the wrong way. 
if that's true. I mean, we're kind of reading through the leaves here because we don't we don't even know what that meant, other than he said I haven't been in that spot yet. Again, it's it's voluntary. So we've talked about that in terms of how I assume how many even, interceptions did he have? Well, I assume involuntary. <laughs> they're still putting people in spots. You know, cars not playing tight end. <laughs> so I mean, they're putting people in spots where hey, we might we came out of the lab and this is kind of think we we kind of think where you're at. But Damon Arnett wasn't very good the, the other uh, last year, and if he does move inside or he's not playing, that is not good for that draft pick in terms no. of how it's working out. If that's the way he's going, no, not at all. And, and Arnett had a couple issues last year. Number one, he wasn't healthy, but for like half the snaps last right. season, a lot of injuries last year, uh, partially because of his own tackling. Because he went, it's he he seemingly went into every tackle with his head straight down. Uh, but the other problem was he wasn't actually very good when he did play. Like, it's not like he was, oh, when he was healthy, he was fine. No, when he was healthy, he wasn't very good no. either. So, like, the Raiders should have tried to upgrade on him this offseason, and I think Casey Hayward is going to be that upgrade. It's just interesting to see what they end up doing with Damon. Because, listen, if they maybe they move him inside and he's a decent slot corner next year, and, you know, that's not ideal when you draft a guy in the first round for him to be your slot corner, but... That's better than him being a terrible outside corner. So it's it's interesting to see how they handle the defensive backfield because they have a few options. I don't know they have great options, but they have a few options at a few different positions. Yesterday, uh, Casey Hayward says that, and Gruden's uh, you know in his office saying, "This is why we don't talk to the media. It's why I haven't <laughs> talked in like six months. Why are we telling you where we play? Like, how mad would he be like right now? Like in terms of no, just say you don't know where you're playing." Don't uh, just say you're outside. Casey Hayward walks in yeah. and is talking to <laughs> Gus Bradley about, all right, coach, where do you think I'm going to play? Like, yeah. I can't tell you that. You're talking to the media today, exactly. so you might yeah. tell them on accident. Um, just go out there, run around. You're in shorts. It's fine. <laughs> do skipping. <laughs> so the last three Wednesdays, the media has been able to go view a portion of these practices and then talk to some players afterwards. At all three of these Wednesdays, Yannick Ngakwe was not there, the Raiders' biggest free agent signing. And Josh Jacobs was not there. Do you think either of that, either of those absences, are a big deal? No, for this reason. Uh, well, one, I never like with Deshaun Watson. Like I never think anything unless the guy's on record saying I'm holding out, like Aaron Rodgers. I'm not showing up. But if you don't hear any of that, the only time I think it's a big deal is if he's not there next Tuesday, and that's mandatory. And here's the other thing. Let's let's be honest. If we're being fair, I was talking to someone about this yesterday with Josh Jacobs. The media gets to go on the field, like you said, for an hour, and then they go in and they do zooms and the kind of they, they do put. I will say the PR people ask us during like, who would you like to talk to? Usually, you get the people to talk to, but not always. We have no idea if those two guys weren't at the facility. Right? They could like, have been. They, yes. they could easily have been at the facility, get training, whatever. Maybe they're like, you know what, Josh Jacobs. We kind of know what this guy does. We're not going to take a chance. I get all that now. If it's mandatory starting next Tuesday and neither of those guys are there, then you're asking the question, like, where the heck are these guys? But to now, I don't even worry about it. They could have easily been there every day and no one would have known. I will say the one the one thing on Jacobs is Kenyon Drake talked yesterday, and Kenyon Drake said he hasn't directly spoken to Josh Jacobs Now, that kind of tells you something, because if they were at the facility, I would think those two yes. guys, hey, what's up? Well, if if he's at the facility and they still haven't directly spoken, yeah. that might be a bigger deal than I Jacobs. I mean, maybe well, Josh Jacobs doesn't like jokers. <laughs> or maybe he just doesn't know what he looks like. That could be true. He doesn't Wait, know what the Joker looks like. The guy in the training room? <laughs> He's the Joker. Oh, I've talked to him like 10 times. <laughs> like in Gakwe, like that's a huge signing. He's going to be expected to do a lot. If you, I, 
I can't believe it's anything other than maybe he's there and they didn't put him on the field. I don't think there's anything, you know, uh, between him and the team right now that's anything but positive. So yeah. you can't, that would be impossible to believe. So maybe he just, you know, health-wise, whatever, they said, no, we don't need to do this. We'll see you next Tuesday. Yeah, the, the only weird part about the Ngakwe one is that he was a free agent signing. Like, it's a new team. and you Right. We've heard we've heard the Raiders players talk about competitive advantage, about you know not not skipping when the players' association was saying, right. like, "Hey, you guys shouldn't show up to non-mandatory stuff because they don't have their COVID protocols ready to go." And we've heard multiple Raiders players say, "Well, it's going to be a competitive disadvantage if we don't all show up." And Gakwe not being there kind of flies in the face of that. Was the Joker or someone else in the Zoom just saying he's doing the deep dive in the playbook? I don't think it was the Joker. It was I Hayward, it was, wasn't it? Okay, it's Casey. I thought okay, it was okay. Hayward. Yeah, it was Hayward. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. Maybe the Joker doesn't Maybe, need well, to do deep dives. If you're a Joker, playing, you know a lot of stuff. He's playing seven positions. He's got to yeah, do a deep that dive. Is, yeah, the Joker should be in that book. He's, he needs seven playbooks. Like, what position are you playing me at today, Coach? Could all right. anyone ask him, are you the Joker? <laughs> I don't know. That would have been awesome. Like, I, I first question, are you the Joker? I want to envision the Joker with, like, <laughs> three different armbands on with different plays for each one. Like, okay, where am I at? All right, so what do I do on this play? That would That's be what awesome. we need for They'd the be, Joker. And when he's running, they'd all be flapping in the wind. Like, what's on that guy's arm? Because <laughs> he'd have three of these things flapping up and down. Oh, Kenyon Drake. Oh, uh. he's going to take over because Josh Jacobs is missing. All right, coming up next, <laughs> Darren Millar joins the show. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. I'm Justin Watkins with Battleborn Injury Lures. Moose, you just keep on moosing. This doesn't concern you. Maroon is not just a color. This is the VGK Update with Darren Milsey Millard. Darren, how are you this Hello, morning? Hello, Darren. The other day, uh, I was doing nighttime at noon, and George was operating, and he called me Millsy, and Shane Dotty just happened to have his headset on. I'm like, Millsy? What's Millsy? I'm like, the Maroons in the morning call me Millsy because they know it bugs me. And Nighty's went, oh, I'm going to start calling yeah. Millsy. Yeah! We're in. Well, Woo! two things about that, good and bad. Good, he's going to do it, and bad, he's never listened to our show. <laughs> <laughs> he's a very busy guy. He's like, at 7 in the morning? How busy is he? He's got to pick out his suit for the yeah, day. What true, are you talking true. about? Yeah. Very important. He's, his shoes. He's got the lucky <laughs> shoes going right now. You should see them. They are spectacular. Uh, All right, Darren, yeah. I, I've got a question for you on this series. Because it it seems way too simplistic that the series breaks down to one thing. But, like, is this series really just about who Nathan McKinnon plays against and which team gets last change and who they get to match up with McKinnon? No, I don't think it's last change, but I do think it's uh, who he plays against, and that's going to be the case whenever uh, Nathan McKinnon goes to the ice against uh, top competition and and uh, and either is productive or is not productive. Uh, uh, and it's it's who he plays against, but it goes deeper than that in the sense that the Golden Knights have a couple of lines that uh, that are able to defend and uh, Stone and uh, Stevenson and uh, Pacioretty have been exemplary. You don't think them. I know Mark Stone, Selkie uh, candidate, but you don't think of them necessarily as a shutdown line because they're your top unit. And uh, but they have been exceptional uh, head to head. And if if Jared Bednar tries to get them away from uh, his McKinnon line, away from them, uh, the line that's going to play the most outside of Stevenson is is Carlson, who I would argue is your best defensive line 
because it's got two of your top penalty killers on it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's simplistic, uh, Tyler, but it's also uh, a matter of fact that if McKinnon's not producing, then your chances of winning the series are that much better. So simply break it down then for people listening. We, we get emails on the time about this. What do they do to Nathan McKinnon to offset him and do what they've done against him? Well, the, the big windup. Uh, do you remember the uh, old boy uh, from Tahoe uh, that, uh, that <laughs> yeah. we, we yeah. heard from Alex Petrangelo? Well, well, that came from Nathan McKinnon looping through his own zone and then picking up the puck and gaining some speed through, uh, through neutral ice and, and being able to, to use that speed to his advantage because it is like turbo boost speed. It's video game speed that, uh, that just uh, maybe one other player in the National Hockey League has that type of uh, acceleration. And not just top-end speed, but the acceleration. So not allowing him to do that by uh, pressuring the, the zone uh, the, in the Colorado zone and, and taking away that, uh, that area for him to, to be able to, to gather up and turn it on is, is huge. And, and that takes incredible discipline uh, to be able to, uh, to stick to that uh, the, the entire time. The other part of it is, is just uh, in, in the defensive zone when you're, when you're uh, in front of Mark andre Fleury, is, is taking away the, the middle of the ice and those seams uh, that were exploited uh, over and over in game number one and, and getting your sticks and, then, and, and your body in the proper spot. And, and Ed, you, you saw what the difference was in game one to games two, three, four mm-hmm. uh, in just being able to get there. And they were, they were maybe a quarter step behind in game number one uh, after the transition from the Minnesota series, the quick turnaround, and that's not an excuse. It was the reality. They were uh, a, a little bit slower getting there, and if you're going to be a fraction of the second off, uh, then that team is going to be able to take advantage of you both in, in transition and in the middle of that ice because they can throw around like, uh, like a few teams can do in the National Hockey League. And that, to me, is shows how disciplined they've been in in the rest of the games from two to four. Were you surprised at all how stubborn Colorado was with how or unreluctant they were to change the way they played? Because it wasn't until game five that it seemed they started to dump it in more rather than just try to skate through the Golden Knights for three straight games. Yeah, you know, they've talked inside their room with their group about being uh, a little bit more uh, basic with their approach, but the strength, remember the strength of this team is built around uh, speed and skill. And uh, a lot of that uh, basis is the foundation is, is their young, quick, agile, dynamic blue line, Tyler. And trying to, to take away the strength of your team and say to that group uh, with that's led by Kale McCarr, but, uh, but is, exceptionally deep and exceptionally dynamic, trying to take away their strength and tell those players to just throw the puck in <laughs> is, is a big ask. And, uh, and I understand why it would take a while to get through. Now, I, I don't think it's been mandated, maybe a little bit more in, in Game 5 when we saw it there, but it certainly wasn't mandated. The effort was a question in Game 3 uh, that Bettner was not happy about 
Game four, they tweaked their lineup, uh, their approach a little bit, but it wasn't uh, like, you guys got to do this. Game five, it was, we're not going to have success unless we get the puck in. And what you're doing, we gave you the chance. And what you're doing and what uh, your skill set is, it may be great, but they figured it out. So you got to get the puck in. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting proposition because you're taking away the athlete's greatest tool. And what does an elite athlete, and they are elite athletes, these, these Kale McCars up at the Norris Trophy, uh, they always think they can do it. And, and sometimes uh, the experience of going through it a couple of times uh, will teach you that you can't always do it, and maybe that's what Colorado's running into right now. I just really want to just sit there and watch Kale McCarr skate through the uh, neutral zone with the puck because sometimes you're like, what did that guy just do? He's pretty amazing. Uh, we love well, that. Well, how about when he does the heel to heel, like the yeah, uh, the, the two and the uh, and the, what the eleven? Yeah, uh, and does that little thing. Like, uh, Sidney Crosby does it, and uh, Nathan McKinnon does it that time. I don't know how they do it like that. He's 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 amazing. Uh, we love Bednar because yesterday he said, "Look, we're playing Vegas. It's not like we're playing St. Louis," <laughs> which was a complete, yeah. which was a great shot at St. Louis. And and the Blues fans came back very lightly. I might add, seven thousand posts later. Uh, I know this is like you know, it's it's uh, you know, you want to do this, you don't want to get uh, you know superstitious or whatever. But I do want to ask you because they have not. Uh, not led or they've not been behind, I think, for seven straight games. And on the horizon for whoever gets out of this is Montreal. And Tyler and I have talked a lot about this, Darren. We only have seen really the the Pacific Division. We, you know, I know you watch other games and moments, but I think the yeah. situation is going to be well. Whoever wins this, well, they're the favorites to win the cup. These other teams can't beat them. And I don't know if that's necessarily true because I don't know if anyone really on this side you will because you watch it all knows about these other teams. So. I think the the narrative, if they get through this, is going to be like, well, it's going to be you know, might be a little like Minnesota, but they'll beat Montreal, they'll be fine. I don't know if I necessarily buy that. I don't know, Ed, because we haven't seen any of these teams play anybody else, right? So that that's the big question. It's not even about uh, whether I've watched Montreal a lot, which I have, but uh, but I haven't watched Montreal play anybody outside of those those other six teams, yeah, in, in the North Division. So. Uh, the short answer to your question is, I don't know. Uh, I know what they have. I know what the, what their talent level is. But uh, but as far as how they match up, now, uh, I will say this. Uh, uh, the, the different people that I, that I have, family and friends and, and different uh, correspondent uh, people that I, that I talk to, uh, they all watch the North, and then they watch our series against Minnesota, or they watch the uh, the Boston series against Washington. And in the first round, and went. There's no way in hell the North Division team has a shot against the teams in the United States because <laughs> wow. of the intensity and the physicality. They just didn't think that it was, that it was possible. Now that was before Edmonton was knocked out, and that was before uh, Toronto was knocked out. Montreal uh, built a little bit more of a hybrid. They're, they've got some skill, uh, but they, they've got some uh, some physicality to their game. But again. I don't know how it's going to match up uh, against a Vegas or a Colorado because we just we haven't seen any type of we haven't been exposed to it at all. Who scores first, Alex Petrangelo or Shea Theodore? It's a good question. Uh, I I keep harping away on this that uh, that Alex Petrangelo for me doesn't have to score in the playoffs 
to be impactful. He's been so good. I think Shea Theodore has to contribute uh, more offensively uh, in the long run uh, because uh, that's that's more his game. And Petrangelo can put the puck in the net, but he just does everything else so great. So I'll go with uh, I'll go with Shea Theodore. But Petrangelo gets a lot of chances, man. Like he's he's all around the net. Uh, I I think that uh, I was just talking to Darren Pang. Uh, is doing some work for, for uh, the NHL Network right now, and I said I, I wouldn't be surprised if Petrangelo breaks out in, in this uh, in this opportunity to clinch it tonight. He's just been he's been all around it. At one point in Game Five, he had six of the team's twelve shots on goal. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> there was a and the, see when that starts happening, uh, it's it's not a great thing for Vegas because it means that uh, they're not getting the, the zone time and they're not getting the, the uh, transition chances. And you saw that, uh, that change uh, through the course of the game as they made the adjustments to get more forwards uh, getting opportunities. Like, I like Petranzo getting chances, but you need more balance with the forwards uh, getting opportunities as well. Uh, if Colasar's okay, because he took that shot on the block and, and yeah. went down um, and, and, Pete DeBoer yesterday, although some of the people he brought up there, uh, you know, Patrick Brown and others, I don't know if, you know, they're in and out of the lineup. They, they haven't played much, but let's just go with Colasar. He sat Ryan Reeves in five as a healthy scratch. He went with Colasar. If Colasar is okay to go, would you stay with that? Yes. And that's saying uh, something because uh, we actually had Pete DeBoer on the Insider Show yesterday, and I said, oh, well, you're obviously not superstitious because how many coaches change lineups when they're, when they're winning? Right, uh, and in hockey, it, it you double down on that even more because we're so conservative, and we're like, we're not, uh, we just won a game. We uh, uh, we'll sit Wayne Gretzky because we won a game without Wayne Gretzky. Uh, the, uh, the, that guy, uh, the uh, yeah, that guy. Uh, the, he's an analyst now. I think he played a little bit, but uh, uh, I, I would I would stick with him. Uh, Cole Sarkis just he gives you a little bit more offensive range, and uh, don't look at the numbers. Just look at the plays that he makes and and what he can do. I, I know Tyler's giggling right now, but uh, but uh, just he gives you more range uh, and, and uh, ability to put uh, to put the pressure on. And uh, and, he, and he's a, and he's a good skater and he can get up and down the ice. Um, I, I would I would keep Colasar uh, in. And Patrick Brown, voice uh, has done a really nice job. Uh, faceoffs, every, everything. Uh, he's been uh, he's been impressive. Well, we're saying that the other night I see on Twitter, and they're you know they're not playing you know the first two periods. The Colorado's out playing them on Twitter's like, well, how can you not sit Ryan? How do, how do you sit Ryan Reeves and the physicality? And like we both like answered backs like they're not losing because of Ryan Reeves right now. They're losing because no. Petrangelo has more shots than the first line. I mean, they, they, there's other things than that. So, and I agree with you. I mean, obviously Colasar can bring some of the Reeves physicality, but let's be honest. You know, nine times out of ten, he's got a better chance of bringing you offense, even though he might not. Yeah. He's got a better chance at it. And 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 by the way, they weren't losing because uh, the defense had more shots. No, they were losing because Colorado is a damn good hockey team. And I keep uh, people are tired of me saying this, but I'll say it one more time: Colorado is built to win now. And I'll let you in on a secret: Colorado really wants to win the Stanley Cup too. And and uh, and they're not just going to roll over. And uh, I find this I find it interesting this narrative that when uh, a game is close or Vegas trails, it's the Golden Knights' fault, or like what they're doing wrong uh, or not doing. And uh, I think the the other team should get more credit for what they're doing. Now now game one was what Vegas did wrong. 
like that was just that was, Vegas had to own that, and 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 Colorado was great. But the other night, Colorado played a damn good hockey game and deserved more out of it, uh, quite frankly, than they got. And and Vegas uh, Vegas played a really good road game and and uh, and launched a comeback. But uh, sometimes I don't think we give the other team e- enough credit because they they're trying to win the hockey game too. Darren, it's sports radio. Yes. Even if the Golden Knights uh, win, I'm going to find something they did wrong. I know. And that's why I take uh, Sam and Ash to the game and not you. Get out of here, Darren. Thank you, Darren. Sam had a great Appreciate time the other day, and you didn't. No, oh, I had plenty of fun sitting on my couch. Do you read Twitter? Uh, good, good, good talk, uh, Ed. Thanks. Yeah, exactly. Yes, thank you, my friend. Bye, Darren. Yes. Bye, Darren. Darren likes uh, myself and Jared. That's he fine. Is. I don't want to like Darren. I don't want you don't want to be like liked. Me, what do you mean? Yeah, you don't want to like Darren. Fine. You don't want to be liked by anybody. That's good. That's good. All right. Coming up next, our sharp is on a roll. He picked the Dodgers yesterday. Ed. Jay is going for four. Yeah. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Jay is back. The Dodgers won two to one last night. He's gotten four in a row. All right, so Jay, here's here's the stakes today. We have a mystery jersey to give away once you get to nine. If right. you get this one right, you'll be at five. And at five tomorrow, we will tell you what the jersey is. And then we'll right. give you we'll give you some options tomorrow if you get there. So you'll find out what the jersey is tomorrow. Now, where would you like to go for your pick today? Okay. Well, my mom used to always tell me, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. So we're going to go back with the L.A. Dodgers money line. Okay. Taking on the we'll Pirates again. Yeah, All right. Urias at 930 this morning. You're going to know quickly. It starts at 930 our time. Oh, it does. Yeah. It starts in 20 minutes. Okay. All right. So good luck, Jay, on the Dodgers. That would be your fifth one. You'll find out what the mystery jersey is if the Dodgers do win. So good luck, Jay. Thanks. Uh, he's on the money line, which is uh... – more than plus two dollars. Yeah. More than two dollars. Yeah, minus two fifty. Uh, minus two fifty. Yeah. He'll survive. Urias against Keller. He'll survive. When does Bauer pitch again? Uh, I just need to see his spin rate. No, <laughs> so I'm intrigued with. Didn't his spin rate drop like two hundred? Yeah, quite a bit. Ever he pitches like, uh... against the Rangers, I believe. Yes, on Saturday. Oh, he doesn't Saturday. need spin rate to beat the Rangers. No, my God, if he needs spin rates, there we're all in trouble. Oh. I can't wait to see it, though. Like like Garrett Cole pitched yesterday, and his spin rate went back up. I'm a little bummed because the Padres have slipped to third, and you had a big deal last week about how the Padres are in second, but they're third that? now. What? They've only like three and eight out of the last June 11. 10th. It's June 10th. Who's looking at the standings? Ed? <laughs> That's true. That's what I said last week when it was June 4th. <laughs> like, who's looking at the standings? We're not paying attention to the standings, Ed. Ed it's, it's June. It's early June. Let me, know, let me know when the Dodgers do something later in the year. Then, right. then we'll pay attention. Not, not June 10th. <laughs> No, Jared. No, no. I okay. was just like, I'm. We are so obsessed with one <laughs> division of baseball. Meanwhile, there's like genuinely interesting things happening. Like, again, the Twins started a guy batting 150 in the four spot, and no one is complaining because <laughs> that guy's got like the third best batting average in baseball. Yes, the the batting average in baseball right now is like below 250. Yeah, it's 236, I think, right now. People used to get sent down to the minors for yeah. that. Yeah, right now, if you're hitting 240, you're an above-average hitter in baseball. Why? I don't understand. That's why they're trying to ban <laughs> spider tack. It's blame no, Trevor Bauer and the, the Dodgers. Only one that's like. 
it, blame the hitting coaches for not teaching these guys how to hit like slap like hit singles. They they wish they get could on hit base. Singles. They can't hit the ball. Period. It's There's, not a matter of them trying to hit home runs. Who's they the can't guy hit for the, the Cardinals that literally is like, I'm a two-outcome hitter. I either strike out or I drive it 50 feet mm. past the wall. The Cardinals or Joey Gallo for the Rangers? No, Joey Gallo was the original. Oh, two the Cardinals outcome. have one, too? Yeah, now now you got to have that guy on I your team. Know. I blame the Dodgers. They're full of cheaters. Clayton Kershaw's had that pine tar on the back of his hat for years. Nobody has, said anything. That's sweat. Sweat. He's, used, he's used saying same hat for 10 years. Yeah, yeah, same hat for sweat. 10 years, whatever. Yeah. Same hat, unbelievable excuse. <laughs> First game of the season, he's got a big glop of brown stuff on the back of it. Well, it's the same hat he's worn it's for 17 hat, years. Hat, it's just hey, dirt. Hey, maybe he's just dying his hair now. He's a little <laughs> older. And it's he's using, you know, the Giuliani hair dye. Well, so then he needs more, more gook on his hat because he hasn't been very good lately. <laughs> What, did he give up three runs in six innings instead of two? Uh, he's just, he's, the spin rate's down. Uh-oh. Yeah. They're coming for Kershaw. Yeah. By the way, is there, does this feel like it's not as big of a deal as steroids to you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I didn't hear many uh, Alonzos during the steroid era. Ah, oh, juice up. Give him the needle. <laughs> like, I didn't hear many of the dudes saying that kind of stuff as these guys were juiced out of their minds. That's fine. I'll bring it over to the clubhouse. Let's 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 shoot them up before well, the game. So this seems to be a little more accepted than the, than the steroids. Well, it's not like, I mean, they're allowed to use steroids, too. Like, if well, you, you, you want to stop jacking yeah. home runs. That was, that was one of the narratives in the steroid era. Well, you don't think the pitchers are doing it? It's just interesting because it's it's basically, hey, a widespread problem. Everybody's Absolutely. doing it. It's having a major impact yeah. on the game. But I feel like in 10 years, we're going to look back and the steroid era is still going to be a much bigger deal oh, than, than the, this? Yeah. the goop era or yes. whatever the hell we yes. call it. What are we going to call this? The goop era? Goop. I like the word goop. Spider-Man? Was that spider Spider-Tack. Spider-Tack? The, spider tack? The spi- this, whatever the hell spider-Tack is. Yeah. Are they when he asked that traded? question, I was like, what's spider-Tack? <laughs> Nobody knows mean? until now. 